hello there, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 7th November 2018 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. It's November already, folks, and Hong Kongers have been spotted wearing jackets and scarves while we go about our business, living our daily lives and creating more stories to tell on our stage. We're into the second week of the Hong Kong International Literary Festival, and in between going to hear inspirational authors talk about their works, we'll be listening to this week's story from Janita about questions she anticipates being asked. For your added listening pleasure, we also have a story from Jen from 2017 about her determination to get fit. But before we get to the stories, a big hello goes out to our hometown listeners, who are the most welcoming and warm-hearted people in Hong Kong. And greetings too go out to our listeners in our house in Denmark, Canberra in Australia, and Seattle, Washington in the United States. We appreciate you letting our stories into your ears. Our storytellers have been working extra hard this week to get their stories in top condition for the Hong Kong International Literary Festival show on the 10th of November in Taekwon Heritage Center. Both storytellers today will be back up on our stage for that night, Jen with a new story, and Janita as our host for the evening. We love being part of this international festival. And if you want to come and listen to the stories we've been working so hard on, grab a ticket through our website at hongkongstories.com. Now here with this week's first story from a show in September 2018 with the theme of Something Blue, is Janita. I never thought that I would be in need of something borrowed or something blue. In fact, You'd be lucky if you found anything like that around our house because every one of my immediate family had been married at least twice. Both my brothers had been married twice, my dad twice, and my mum, well, she went for the hat trick three times. But me? Nothing. Zero. I was in a long-term relationship and we had two children But the topic of marriage had been safely put on the top shelf out of reach because it was really difficult to know which wives and which husbands out of my family to actually invite to a wedding. And to top it all, my mother's new husband's ex-wife was now married to my dad. (laughs) Take some thinking about didn't ever stop me wanting to be asked. The other thing that seemed very unfair was the fact that I had been to nearly all of their weddings. I had been dressed in a multitude of bridesmaids dresses of various colours of the palette of the insane. Dark olive green is not the colour for a white English skin. And neither is satin the the correct fabric for a winter wedding. A simple fact that seemed to be overlooked by the more inconsiderate of brides. My hair had been crimped and curled and plaited and strewn with all sorts of exotic flowers, all for that perfect day all for that perfect moment that could be put in a silver frame and placed in pride of place 
on the mantelpiece of someone else. Now, what was that phrase again? Three times bridesmaid, never a bride. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> and what made it seem even more impossible was the fact that my partner of eight years decided to dump me and leave me to bring up my two, our two small children on my own. The need for my silver picture frame faded further and further into the distance. But after a year, a lonely year, the tide began to change because I was introduced to John at a charity barn dance. Yes, it was all Hollywood in the English countryside. Now, John, by profession, was a master thatcher, which meant that he... It's not what you're thinking. Which meant that he created and designed thatched cottage roofs on the kinds of cottages that you see on British biscuit tins. It also meant that he was very strong and, if truth be told, very ripped. <laughs> he could twirl me about that barn dance floor all night without one bead of sweat. And he was completely different to the kind of media types that I'd been surrounded by when I lived in London. He was really quite refreshing. And over the next few months, the barn dance escalated into country walks and day trips out and dinners in. And he really loved being with my kids. He was divorced and he had grown-up kids who'd left home. And I think he just really loved being a dad again. He loved nothing more than going on the weekly family shop to the supermarket, taking the kids to the country park and pottering around the garden, fixing things up. To all appearances, we looked like the perfect happy family. But I began to realize that actually things weren't quite the same when we were alone. You see, we didn't really have that much in common. And our jokes began to misfire and our conversation halted. But what was worse is that I realized that I was being defined just as mum and not Janita. And I know you're probably thinking, well, isn't it marvelous? You found a man that's willing to take on someone else's children. But I wanted someone who wanted me. I mean, after all, my children one day would grow up and leave, and where would that leave us? So we finished the relationship, and we didn't see each other again. And I put my imaginary silver frame back in its box. And I continued to carry on packing boxes for the next four months because I decided to sell my house. I'd accepted the fact that I was looking at many years of being on my own, bringing up my kids, and I had moved on emotionally and now I wanted to move on physically too. And then, out of the blue, I get a call from John. He wants to catch up. So we meet at a boutique country pub and order probably something with truffle oil and quinoa. <laughs> It'd been four months since he'd last seen me or made any contact with me. But he looked good in a crisp new shirt and a trimmed stubble. And he was smiling a lot. So he caught up like old friends do. And then after the plates had been taken away, he reached across the table and took my hands in his. 
And he leaned in and looked into my eyes and said, Will you marry me? Yes, 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 I say to myself. At last, someone has finally asked me to marry them. <laughs> of course, that's what, not, not what I tell him. Because I realized I didn't need to be married. I just needed to know that it was possible to be asked. <laughs> I didn't even have a mantelpiece on which to put a silver picture frame. But you don't need to feel sorry for John, because within the month, he had met another single mum with two small children. And two months after that, he married her. Thank you. Is the glass half full or half empty? I say it depends on what's in the glass in the first place. Janita started out telling stories on our stage the same way as all our other storytellers. She came to a free workshop. If our stories remind you of one of yours, you can come to a workshop and try it out for yourself. After you come to a few, you could try a pitch and see if your story would fit into the next show. Check out the whole process on hongkongstories.com or if you prefer to just listen, you can find out how to scoop up some tickets to our show on Saturday, November the 10th at the same place, hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than drama. It's better than comedy. It's real life. For our second story today, we have one for the May 2017 show called 24-7. This story is from Jen. It is 6.15 a.m., way earlier than I would normally get up as a first-year university student. But today is the day I'm going to turn over a new leaf and get myself into shape. It, the university swimming pool opens at 7 a.m. And if I get there ready to jump in the pool at that time, I'll have enough time to have a half-hour swim and still get to my 8.30 class on time. I have made pledges like this before, but and totally slept through them. So... I'm a little surprised when it's now 6.45 a.m. and I'm up, dressed, and on my way across campus. I have my bathing suit on underneath my clothes. The only time I've ever worn it before is to hang out at the lake in the summer. It's beautiful, though. It's a peach one-piece with a pattern of pale yellow and teal tropical flowers across it. All the trendy late 80s pastel colors in one swimsuit. I think the only time it's ever been fully submerged in water is when I've washed it. <laughs> but that's fine. That's the old me. The new me is at the pool and emerging from the changing room. Perfect. I have the place to myself. It's silent as I slip into the, Olymp the Olympic-sized pool and stare down the lane in front of me. It's a little chillier than I thought it would be, and the end seems a little bit far away. But no worries, I push off and head towards it. I'm not exactly doing a doggy paddle, but it's not a standard front crawl either. My face mostly stays up out of the water because I can't quite get the breathing rhythm right. And about halfway through, I stop to see just how far I am. Eh, not too bad. 
so I put on a flurry of mighty kicks to get there faster. As I reach the end and I'm reaching out towards the edge, I see a pair of feet. Somebody standing on the pool deck. I crane my head way up and I see a really cranky old guy staring down at me. What are you doing? Swimming. It's Monday. The pool is closed to the public. It's the swim team practice today. And he gestures to the other end of the pool. So I turn and look behind me, and I see ten guys. Tall, fit, and all wearing really serious-looking Speedos. It's the entire men's swim team, and they've been standing there watching me. I am frozen with embarrassment until the guy above me says, so get out. I'm so flustered that I forget that there's a ladder just to the right of me and behind me, and I start trying to heave myself up over the side. I miss the first time, but I get the second time. But I have to kind of roll over and flop onto the deck of the pool like a fish that's just been caught. Then I stand up, and I've got to do the walk of shame all the way back along the pool towards the women's changing room. When I get closest to where the guys are standing, I am only looking at my feet. And I really want to break into a run, but I remember that you're not allowed to run at the swimming pool. (laughs) And I never went back to that pool again. Thanks for listening to these stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. Our storytellers are all amazing, but so are our hosts. Every month, one of our core members volunteers to guide our chosen storytellers through their stories and up onto the stage. In the September 2018 show, that member was Mel, and we wanted to give her a big thanks for all her hard work. And by the way, We love hearing from you, the listeners. Tell us what you think about our stories by writing a review on iTunes. I even promise to read them out in another language, if you care to write one. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell. May your week be filled with and maybe just a little...